Looking to create your best self, whether it's good for you lifestyle hacks, smarter ways to supplement, or tasty tips to fuel optimal health, Talk Healthy Today provides you the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. I am absolutely in love with doing this podcast. I would be thrilled if you rated, reviewed, and subscribed to the podcast. Now, on to the show. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. I am so excited to have David Scheider, MD, MBA, DFAPA, He is the Chief Medical Officer and Director of Education at Integrative Psychiatry, Inc. in Sarasota, Florida, and the President of Tiberius Enterprises, Inc. in Roanoke, Virginia. He's an accomplished clinician, educator, and lecturer, and I am just so impressed. I love this combination of functional medicine and psychiatry. Today, we are talking about psychobiotics and so much more. Dr. Dave, thrilled to have you on Talk Healthy today. It is great to be here with you, Lisa. Um, Thanks so much for having me. I ain't all that fantastic, by the way, but I appreciate the plug. Now, we've been chatting before the show, and you are very charming, and you're funny. So we're going to have a really good time today, and we're going to educate folks all about this. Now, I've never heard this word before, psychobiotics. Tell us about that. Well, it's akin to, I think, an up-and-coming conceptual framework in medicine that's referred to as psychoneuroimmunology, PNI for short. Um, And and really, that that theory purports that your genes and your uterine environment before you were born and then everything that's ever happened to you and then your current choices and habits, you know, your slovenly ways, find with, all right, Life's slings and arrows, pace, urbanicity, lousy diets, lack of sleep. You're not getting outside, getting natural vitamin D enough. I can tell, Lisa, just by looking at you, you're not actually, yeah, you actually probably are exercising. All of these things combined with, uh, you know, that, that genes, your environment, blah, 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 to create progressive imbalances among various physiological systems to include, okay, your neurochemistry, i.e. your neurotransmitters, your adrenal output, your hormones, including thyroid, and then your immune reactivity. And all of that leads to our contemporary uh, diseases of civilization, those chronic, relenting, smoldering, degenerative conditions that is killing all of us more than infections, despite what you may have heard over the last year or so. It's still those degenerative diseases of civilization. We'll get to more of those later. Anyhow, back to the psychobiotics. See, I don't need any questions. <laughs> One of the prevailing theories is that smoldering um, inflammation, chronic cellular level inflammation, we call it metaflammation, is, is really what's driving a lot of these chronic degenerative conditions. Well, where's all that doggone inflammation, pardon my bold language, coming we think it's coming from the gut mostly, right? So gut-derived inflammation is really what's, what's, uh, what's starting a lot of this. Hippocrates said thousands of years ago, all diseases begin in the gut, right? So we've known this. Psychobiotics are things you put inside of your body, ingest in various forms that are designed to um, accomplish a number of gut-related functions to help 
um, address these myriad conditions. I'll leave it at that for now. Well, you know, it's interesting because I read about a presentation you gave and you talked about the human gut microbiome. It may be the solution to prevention and treatment of many of the most common modern degenerative diseases, including depression, anxiety, Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's disease, HIV, dementia, autism spectrum disorder, obesity, diabetes, and heart disease. And you say all of these diseases are associated with a decreased gut microbial diversity, increased intestinal permeability, dysbiosis, and chronic low grade inflammation, like you just mentioned, or metaflammation. So first of all, if you're at all interested in healthy living, you're hearing about this gut microbiome. If you can expand on that, we can start there and then get more into this. Well, they're important players. You've got more bugs in your gut than there are stars in the Milky Way galaxy at last count, right? So and if you weighed, I wouldn't recommend this at home, just if you weighed your gut bugs, they would weigh roughly the same amount as your brain, okay? Makes you wonder what's going on, who's calling the shots, and probably our, our gut bugs. I woke up today, and I won't share a lot about myself and my urges and cravings, but I was hungry, and I'm usually not hungry right upon awakening. And I know why, and that's because I did not treat my gut bugs yesterday very well. I had way too much uh, refined sugar, Shame on me, I know better. Too much gluten, okay? And whenever I do that, then I always wake up with cravings. And so whenever you see cravings, Lisa, and our, uh, our, our, our participants and audience members think, what are my gut bugs doing and how have I treated them over the last 24 to 48 hours? And, and that's one of the big reasons I think daily um, babying, mollycoddying, uh, support of your uh, gut microbiome makes sense, um, not only for hopefully the treatment of symptoms. I can't say these things treat any diseases. The FDA would not allow me to say that, and rightfully so. But I do think they help treat symptoms of many of our common disorders, A. B, I do also think, though I cannot prove it, that they will help stave off or prevent or delay the onset of these degenerative conditions that you so eloquently articulated just a few minutes ago. And then lastly, my third, I guess, goal would be to improve your health and happiness and your vim, vigor, and vitality, i.e. the quality of your life, right? So simply, reduction of suffering, uh, prevention of disease. Uh, these are my treatment goals, whatever I'm using. Brain transplants, you know, personality transplants, psychobiotics, any number of things. And then lastly, kind of that health, happiness, and longevity connection. That's what I'm hoping to do, all of it starting in the gut. So when you're eating too much sugar, when you're eating gluten, the toxins in the environment, the stress that we have in our lives, that's going to hurt our microbiome. It's also going to lead to increased intestinal permeability. And what is dysbiosis for people who aren't familiar? Um, it's a great question. Dysbiosis, D-Y-S-B-I-O-S-I-S. I know you didn't ask how to spell it. Dys just means painful or abnormal. And biosis would be, again, uh, referring to the microbiome microbial powers in your gut. So it's an imbalance among those microbial powers. You get too much of the bad, the bad ones, too little of the good ones, or they're not communicating well. And, and that's kind of simplistic, of course. But that dysbiosis largely is driven by what you meant a few minutes ago, and that is decreasing gut microbial diversity, i.e. we have fewer species and strains than we did when we were born or that we did millions of years ago. And I think that's a 
particularly important aspect we may not get into today. Um, and then it is that, that decreased gut microbial diversity that leads to or equates to that dysbiosis. And that's usually then associated with the loosening of the tight junctions that keep the epithelial cells that line your intestinal tract. Uh, they come unraveled and they now have these leaks or gaps. We call that intestinal hyperpermeability. Um, we call that increased intestinal permeability in the vernacular. We call it leaky gut. What we're increasingly finding in packed to that gut-brain connection, if your gut leaks, your brain leaks because the same epithelial cells that line your intestinal tract also make up the blood-brain barrier, right? So if, if your gut leaks, so too does that blood-brain barrier. And that's how you circulate all of these toxins, all of these poisons, most of which are generated from within, right? Your own inflammatory chemicals, chemokines, cytokines, right? Interleukins, big words, nasty things. Actually, you need them to survive, but too much is too much of anything. Anyhow, that gets a brew because now you have things coming through the lumen of your gut, right? Your intestinal tract that seep into your system because of these leaks, What's the big dope deal, you might ask yourself, Lisa? Well, because 80% of your immune cells live inside your gut, inside your gastrointestinal tract. They're just waiting for something to do. Think of like little Pac-Man, just waiting. I got to right, bust their hearts. Anything that comes down the pike that they have not seen, right, for millions and millions and millions of years, which should be those genetically modified proteins. Gluten is a big one. Gliadin It's a complex of protein that are in wheat, and you know where they come from, but also cow proteins very hard. There's just certain protein complexes our bodies don't know what to do with. It's all pattern recognition. I don't recognize that pattern. Shoot first, ask questions later. And then you get this exuberant immune reaction to just normal everyday foods you eat. I have a leaky gut and I have food sensitivities. And now I never realize I have to worry about a leaky brain. I'm like, holy cow. Do you help people with leaky gut? And when's your next appointment? <laughs> yeah, baby. Well, late this afternoon, if you want, I got a lecture at seven and then I got some, you know, forensic work I need to do, but I'll squeeze you in. We'll fix you right up. All right. Big, in fact, that's a big part of uh, what I do. And one of the first things I do, regardless of whether I'm going to prescribe medications for you, I'm a, you know, Western allopathic mainstream psychiatrist, one of my hats, and then I'm a functional medicine doctor, another of my hats. Yes, way I'm going to likely, if I suspect leaky gut, and I'll tell you what I look for clinically to, to tip me off here in a minute. Sure. And part of what I do is seal and heal your, Lisa, leaky gut, right size inflammation, and then I balance your neurotransmitters, then I resuscitate your likely tired adrenals, and then I'm going to help you manage stress, and that stress can take many forms, not just emotional. We used to that the two biggest drivers of neuroinflammation these days are, in no particular order, someone you met or something you at, right? So interpersonal strife, conflict, and diet, two big drivers of that brain inflammation. I want to keep talking about leaky gut, and then I want to go back to talk about the fact that you are a psychiatrist and in functional medicine and how that came to be. But we're going to wait. So everyone has to, you know, hold on to your seat because that's coming. But let's get back to this leaky gut situation. What do we do? Because we live in this society that is full of yuck and we want to feel better. 
A very sophisticated way of saying that. I yeah, know a yuck is a highly technical term. Yeah, and I I, uh, I think we we want to continue to incorporate those into our discussion. <laughs> I think I prefer wonky. Um, wonky, yes. Highly technical term, but yucky is, is certainly time tested for sure. Uh, you know, it starts with, with clinical symptoms for, for me. That's why patients come to me. They don't usually come to me saying, Dave, my gut leaks, right? And therefore, my brain probably leaks. Would you fix that? They come to me with a whole bunch of different symptoms. And now, because I'm a shrink psychiatrist type, they're usually going to come to me with mood symptoms, so sad or down or depressed mood, right? But more often, increasingly, is anhedonia. Talk about big words. A, without hedonia, pleasure. So these are folks that uh, they, they have no joy in Mudville, right? Now, maybe if you make them go do something or if they make themselves do something, they will derive some pleasure out of it, but they don't want to do it. Nothing sounds good to them. They have no appetite. They usually also have very little energy, focus, motivation, concentration, right? They have brain fog, lethargy, fatigue, 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 carbohydrate, craving, and nothing but carbohydrates please them. All right. Well, that tells me they're inflamed. Those are all hallmark symptoms of inflammation. I don't know where it started, but it's going to involve the brain and the gut eventually. And those are the individuals then for whom I will use certain psychotropics, but not others, right? So let's say I go in with medication. Well, it's only going to be those that don't make inflammation worse or might even help with inflammation. Who knew, right? Wow. The other thing I'm going to do is really offer them a lot of kind of nutritional support, supplementation. You're going to clean up their diets, change their evil ways, make sure they're eat, you know, sleeping eight hours. And you know, the single most anti-inflammatory thing you can do tonight is sleep eight hours, right? Yeah, I love sleep. Four hours of sleep, five hours of sleep. Even after one night of bad sleep, markers of systemic inflammation go through the roof. Those are those cytokines, those uh, interleukins, chemokines I mentioned earlier, right? So you're inflamed after one night of bad sleep. Okay, so all of that comes together. And then I, I go ahead and tell them to reduce their consumption of refined sugars. Never let your blood sugar spike, okay? Even if you're going to eat a bunch of crap, C-R-A-P, crap, make sure you eat your fat and protein first. And the order in which you eat your macronutrients is very important because if you spike your blood sugar, you're inflamed right away, and that's going to spike your insulin. Your blood sugar is going to drop. Your insulin stays high. That's a pro-inflammatory motif, and now you're hungry, and because your insulin's high, you can't release stored energy, free fatty acids, so you're screwed, okay? All right, now I won't say screwed, but you're starting to get the picture. Never let your blood sugar spike, and ways to do that would be, like I said, eat your fat first, eat your protein first, eat a lot of fiber Okay, and then add things to your meal like cayenne pepper, lemon, vinegar, okay, olive oil. All of those things blunt your post-meal blood sugar spike critical. That's one. Number two is avoid those things I already talked about, proteins now, that are likely to launch an exuberant immune reaction, particularly if your gut leaks. And that would be the gliadin, gluten, right, protein. And cow, cow proteins, particularly toxic, particularly red meat, not because it's bad, not because of anything, not because of its fat content, but it has a complicated protein structure that simply does not agree with your very primitive immune system. Things that are more 
I guess, easily digested in terms of complexity of protein would be fish, duh, <laughs> protein, turkey, and pork. What? Oh, really? I try to help people if, again, their belief systems allow for it to eat more fish, pork, turkey, veggies, in terms of protein now. Fats, well, you know, I'm not a big vegetable fat guy. So be animal fat, avocado. I, I do like olive oil. I'm not big into the seed oils very much because you don't know what they do in your body. And while they may be healthy here, I don't know that they're healthy down the gullet. I just avoid this. Okay. So those are just simple things I talk to all my patients about, regardless of what I'm going to end up doing to them, for them, with them. Um Next things then would be that kind of anti-inflammatory lifestyle. We know what that is. We already talked about sleep. We talked about the diet. Get your 10,000 steps in. Get outside and move around. Uh, A great story I'll I'll share. And you jump in and interrupt me anytime. You know, as I mentioned at the outset, I get paid by the word. So I just. (laughs) You're so enjoyable to listen to. I'm just going to keep listening. (laughs) You need to get out more is all I have to say about that. The pandemic starting to get to you. It appears. Anywho, all right, little story from a, uh, a professor at Harvard, delightful, charming uh, hepatologist, liver guy, Chopra, not Deepak, Dr. Sure. Chopra, all I remember that. But he tells a story about five ways to live longer. It was kind of fun. On a sunny day, walk to the corner coffee shop. Don't go nuts before you go meditate. So it's hard to even find five things that he really likes. The first would be, Walk, walk, walk. Preferably outdoors, get some natural vitamin D. He loves coffee. The more coffee you drink, the longer you live, according to our friend, Dr. Chopra. And I do kind of believe that. A lot of antioxidants in coffee. And then he says, eat a handful of nuts every day. Okay. And then he said, meditate. Right? Practice mindfulness, present, be in the moment kind of thing. That helps manage your stress, lower your anxiousness and he goes on those days where you're too busy to meditate me right i uh, he says meditate twice (laughs) (laughs) those are those kinds of simple ways of remembering things i try to incorporate into my everyday things i encourage you my patients to incorporate into their day every day and then of course because I'm i'm a real doctor as well i say manage your diseases Responsibly. If you need to take your medication, then take your medication and work with me on managing side effects. But I, I'm doing this and the other at the same time. I like that. The best. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about how you came to both psychiatry and functional medicine. Was it the psychiatry first and then you got turned on to this more holistic approach or tell us the story? Yeah, that is exactly it. Um, well, you know, medical training, even back when I did it, uh, it was long and arduous and ugh. Um, it was, you know, college, four years of medical school, four years of residency uh, in psychiatry uh, before you get your real first job or your first real job. And then I was on faculty, mainstream psychiatry at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, beautiful. Certainly value that training, those roots uh, and, and that skill set. I am not going to trade it in. Right? Uh, I soon, though... Soon, okay, 20 years maybe, uh, 
15 years maybe, became dissatisfied with my, my outcomes. You know, one of the reasons I was attracted to psychiatry in the first place is tremendous opportunity in terms of intellectual stimulation, right? So it's very interesting, ever-changing. You know, it's, the, it's really the last of all medical frontiers, human frontiers, I think, is the brain and, uh, and, and the mind and the soul, right? All of it connected. The other reason I liked psychiatry was because of the service opportunity, unfortunately, and you know what I'm about to say, this brand of suffering just continues to grow, you know, and during the pandemic, I don't know that I've ever seen so much suffering. I became dissatisfied, however, with the limitations of just incorporating mainstream medicine. I just didn't like my outcomes. I wasn't able to help enough people enough. And I I started dabbling in the darker arts. What can I do? And mostly I learned it from my patients. Most of it I learned from my patients, okay? Um, and, and they're the ones that said, Dave, I, I, need, I need you to, to, to figure out the probiotic thing. I need you to figure out how to use SAMe or who's, who's the L-methylfolate person versus the SAMe patient or, or who do I use an N-acetylcysteine for? Well, who's the fish oil patient versus, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and I just didn't know that stuff. I hated saying, I don't know, go see somebody else. But really, upon the encouragement, prodding, nag, nagging of my patients, I finally went back and, and started learning this stuff, mostly on my own, right? And then I started lecturing on it to my mainstream psychiatry audiences. I remember the first time I did a, a talk on the gut-brain connection, 2012, um, I had trouble finding articles in peer-reviewed journals looking at that. Now I couldn't even begin to keep up with the literature. It's grown exponentially almost every couple of years since 2012, not because of anything I did, but I gave a talk, time for a psychiatric gut check. Okay, Lisa, I thought that was a clever title. And I oh, definitely. Stream psychiatric conference, CME, one of our big ones, U.S. Psych Congress, a great conference. And uh, they let me give this talk. And maybe I had 15 people there, you know, I and mean, who's going to come to this kind of thing? And I, every couple of years, I would I would redo it. And the last time I did it, I had 750 mainstream psychiatrists attend this one little lecture on the gut brain. That was my leaky gut, leaky brain thing. And I'm gratified at the the I guess interest in uh, these topics uh, among my mainstream colleagues. Alas, because of their dissatisfaction with the results of, of just just mainstream approaches. So I think that um, medications are often necessary. They're never sufficient. And that's why I got to do all this other stuff. And I'll be darned if I haven't grown to like it. It applies to me and my loved ones. It applies to each and every one of us. And it works. I mean, my, my staff and I, we marvel at just, just if you stick to it and really change your evil ways, uh, and commit to a process of self-care, then it really works. It was Shakespeare and Henry V who said, Self-love is much less vile a sin than self-neglecting. I get my colleagues to not neglect themselves, get my patients to not neglect themselves, and these are ways that they can do that. We can do that. So in addition to sleep, which, and everyone's going to go, oh boy, here she goes again. This will be very short. Sleep is like my religion. I go to sleep every night between 8.30 and 9, no matter what. My brother lives in Hawaii. I live on the East Coast. I, I haven't seen him in four years, five years. If he comes, next time he comes out to visit, guess what? I'm still going to bed between 8.30 and 9. And, every, and he's on a six-hour time difference. People think it's crazy. I'll see him in the morning. <laughs> it's like nothing is going to get in the way of my sleep. It is so important. 
So don't ask me out to dinner at eight o'clock at night because the answer is no. I'm not saying that to you. Uh, no, I okay. love to have dinner. You're very charming and nice and funny. But if it's at six o'clock, I'll go. Well, you know, I'm at that age where I'm, I know where every early bird special is. <laughs> that's well, that's going to that's gonna work right right into my schedule as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's also things that we can take. So do you have a probiotic that you specifically like? Because there's so many out there, and I really like to give my listeners something where they can go, okay, this guy is impressive. And I'm going to take his advice and I want to hear what he takes or what he recommends. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's the perfect question. Um, and I use a lot of different um, products, a lot of different uh, approaches. Uh, increasingly, it's not just about the species, but it's about the strain. Uh, and you got to be real careful how they're made and by whom they're made. I, 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 I uh, take every day myself. Um, a product um, by a company, um, Omnibiotic, okay? And it's their Omnibiotic stress release, not because I feel stressed, but, you know, I carry a lot of freight just like all of us. And, you know, I got kids and I got mortgages and I got pets and I got patients and I got got to testify up in Roanoke in a couple of weeks and I got reclinical research going on. We got a lot, and I'm not alone in any of that, right? We're all got lots and lots and lots on our plates, our spinning plates. So I just think a lot of self-care. And for me, it starts every single day pretty much the same way. I, I just open a powder, a little packet of this, put it in water. I stir it once. I leave it for a minute. Then I stir it again. Take my morning supplements after that. Uh, and that sets me for the day. Now, sometimes I will take another uh, digestive enzyme or probiotic if I know I'm going to get into some bad, nasty, gnarly, wonky, yucky food. And and that's usually going to be a capsule of, of something else. Um, Triflora is another product I use uh, a lot. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's less important what you take than just get in the habit of of some almost ritualistic routine. And, and stick to it and give it a shot. But I'm very impressed with, with uh, that company's. I want to ask you, with the Omnibiotic Stress Release, it's a powder? Yeah. That's a powder, which I really like because the pill count's pretty high for me. And that's a good way for me to start my day. Now, I'm usually shortly thereafter taking a couple of other products. Um, my own leaky gut repair. How clever a name is that? Ooh, you have it. Okay. A I got to get that. Clearly fiber and I mix it together. And then I usually use that to wash down my morning supplements. And my morning supplements usually consist of amino acid support for things like dopamine, norepinephrine, PEA. Those are my energy, focus, concentration, motivation, then bigger and vitality, get up and go. And I, I, I usually give them on an empty stomach right after I do my, my, my omnibiotic you know, stress release. And, and then that's kind of my morning routine. Uh, I'm into intermittent fasting these days. I'm not recommending that for anybody, but I tend to then try to go till about noon or one o'clock before I eat. Oh, wow. When I do eat, the first thing I put in my mouth, of course, is fat or protein, never a carb and never a carb, never a carb, Lisa, by itself, right? So you would always, whatever that is, I, I, you do what you want. And then I eat as much as I want uh, from about noon till, till eight, long after you're asleep. <laughs> shut her down, okay? And 
And that way I can try to get a, a, a poor man, a poor woman's version of intermittent fasting down. That's been shown to lower inflammation. It's been shown to promote longevity. If you look at any of the, the Alzheimer's prevention uh, studies and, and uh, protocols, they often include a, f- a daily fast of 15 hours or so. And if I don't eat from, what, 9 to noon, 8 to noon, I'm getting 15, 16 hours of fasting in every day without really breaking a sweat unless I get into some bad the day before, right? So I was hungry. I know exactly why, because I was cheating, yeah. It's so interesting you say that because I usually don't wake up hungry, but there was something carby I ate, and I can't remember what for dinner, which I usually don't do. I have to eat something like now, and usually I cannot eat till maybe 9 or 10, get up at 6, so I'm kind of doing the intermittent fasting, and I don't eat anything past 6 or 6.30, um, but yeah, that's it's interesting that you said this, like, ding, oh, that's right, that happened to me. Absolutely. And and then that's where my probiotic first in the morning will actually help with that, dissipate that. Now, when I do eat, I usually have like an 85% dark chocolate, very low in sugar. Now that still though, because of even though it's low in sugar, and there is healthy fat and good stuff. I don't drink coffee, but is that okay? Or should I eat a little fat and protein first and then have a couple squares of very dark chocolate? Again, you, you ain't my patient. I mean, <laughs> this is for entertainment well, value only be. <laughs> because I haven't done a complete evaluation on Good it. point. <laughs> this is not advice. Um, it's easy to, to some degree. you got to be careful these days, however. Well, what, what you could do is eat a handful of nuts first. Um, you see what I mean? Because nuts have right. some. Carbs, but they're pretty good carbs. A lot of fiber. You got some protein and fat right there, and that, and it's back to Dr. Chopra's five biggies. Eat a handful. Well, that um, often I'll do that if I'm hungry. I don't have time to get to anything. It'll be a handful of nuts. I and then I do some dairy. I don't do a lot of cow protein. That's mostly the red meat. However, I will cheat and have dairy only fermented. And even when I do cheese hardcore, which I love, uh, that's I do sheep cheese. Interesting data, not a recommendation. Looking at, well, what, what do people who live a long time do? You know, and I, I love this study because it's, well, it, it conforms to what I like to do. And that is more cheese and more red wine. I swear. Really? Favorite deity. More red wine, more cheese, and then you throw in some dark chocolate, maybe some dried fruit, a little bit of whatever, and you're off. But I wouldn't recommend that first thing in the morning, the red wine at least. But keep all of that in mind, and I think that the nuts, maybe a little cottage cheese, full fat. If you're going to do dairy, I'm going to Yeah, I don't do dairy. But I'm curious about the sheep because I don't do dairy uh, because I'm sensitive to it. Would the, is the sheep different? Sheep is dramatically different in terms of the sugar, like the lactose, right, which is some people problems with cow. And then more importantly, though, is the complexity of the protein structure. That's really what's driving a lot of inflammation. And I didn't mention sheep before, but go ahead and add sheep to those animal proteins that are easy for us humanoids to digest and, 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 and assimilate, all right? And, and so that would be to review fish, pork, turkey, sheep. Okay. That uh, wasn't my best sheep. But not chicken, turkey. Chicken's pretty complicated, right? Yeah, talk to us about chicken. What's, why is it complicated? 
Why is it? I, you'd have to ask the good Lord, or you'd have to ask Darwin. <laughs> I do not know <laughs> why. <laughs> By the way, I have to, I like literally want to have you on like every week. I mean, I'll have to do extra shows because you are so funny, but so full of knowledge. You're like the ultimate guest. Well, I know you say that to all your guests. But thank you. I'm supposed to say thank you. I've been told I need to learn to take a compliment, so thank you. It's, You're welcome. And I'll stop with the dumb quotations, but Mark Twain supposedly said all you need to be a physician is ignorance and confidence. And I will weekly, if you want me, confidently share my ignorance, right? It's just it's fun, and if anyone is bettered by it, then I'm, I'm happy. So chicken, what's, what is it about chicken? It's just, again, it has to do with the structure of the protein. Okay. And, and you know, remember why we got on the chicken band again, was probably because, you know, the government was subsidizing chicken farmers, but that gets way too editorial and too paranoid sounding. So strike that from the record. See if you can edit that out. <laughs> remember, we were taught. Low I agree. Good. I mean, I agree that I don't want to edit it out because you should hear me talk about the dairy board. But anyway, go on. Yeah, and corn and a lot of other things. Got to be careful. We were taught about dietary things, which we think kind of bass backwards, uh, to tell you the truth. Low fat. I think that's been oh, completely. Scientifically. But remember, we were told that chicken is, is a good source of protein without much fat. Well, that's not what I want, especially in terms of what they're feeding my chickens. And then, you know, what, so what, what, what they're eating, remember Michael Pollan said, we are not only what we eat, but what we eat eats. So you got to be looking at how all of your foods are grown, what they're eating, plants and animals both. But anyhow, chicken is, is a little bit, it's not as bad, right, as, as red meat in terms of protein structure complexity, but it's, it would be more complex and again, the, the more complex the structure, the, and especially if it's genetically modified, then more likely it is that our bodies are going to scratch, you know, our, 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 our microbes are going to scratch their heads. I, mean, I don't know how you do that exactly. And our immune cells are going to scratch their heads and say, what is this? We cannot be sure. It could be SARS-14. I don't know what it is. So I'm going to attack it, right? And keep it that... One of the reasons we die of infections is not the infections directly, but what are over-exuberant immune reaction to the infection. Sepsis is not necessarily an overwhelming infection, right? Septicemia is an infection of your blood. Sepsis is your body's immune reaction to the bug. That's what kills you. That's why we have to right-size inflammation. I can't get rid of inflammation, then you die of infection or cancer, right? But if you got too much, you're going to die from your own immune reaction to life. And that's what we need to be mindful of, right? Now, I ain't not saying this to treat any infections, including COVID, right? But what I am saying is you got to right size your, your immune reaction, your inflammatory response to life, whether that's obnoxious people or whether that's your uh, red meat. Right. Now, interesting with red meat, because I do enjoy my grass-fed meat, because, you know, I was thinking about the cows eating grass, but you're saying it's more about the protein, and that, so the red meat, even if it's grass-fed, organic, the whole nine yards, it's still not, what, well-digestible, or how do you describe that? 
That's how I would just describe it. You, you may lack the, the enzymatic capability to either digest it, which is to break it down in your mouth and, you know, early on in your gastrointestinal tract, and then can you absorb it? And then once absorbed, you know, what does your, what do your gut bugs think of it? What do your immune cells think of it? Keep in mind, one of the reasons we like probiotics is not just because they have a chance, although who knows, because the numbers are so small. Um, of, of reseeding your gut and, and, and directly controlling that composition, what we think it's doing is right-sizing inflammation. It, you know, so these um, health-promoting microbes are telling the 80% of your immune cells that live in your gut do not react. All is quiet on the Western front. Slow down, simmer down. It's okay. That's that loss of old friends hypothesis. One of the reasons we have so many degenerative diseases of civilization that you mentioned. Um, And and because of the gut-brain axis, because of the inflammation, the gut, all that, is because those microbes we carried around for millions and millions and millions of years because we lived with pigs and hogs and dogs and horses and everything else, right? Because we were born vaginally. We all were breastfed, right? So we, we, we had a healthy abundance of these gut bugs. We didn't have all that gut microbial diversity, you know, decrease. And that's what probiotics then are designed to do right out of the gate with your first dose. They're going to say, slow down, don't react, immune cells, because the old friends that we carried around as a species for millions of years are back, back in, back in town. The bugs are back. Oh, that'd be a good story. Bugs are back in town. Bugs are back in town. Um, that would be good. I love writing parodies. My daughter writes really good ones, but yeah, I try. Well, <laughs> I had it's all about the gut based on Megan Trainers. It's all about yes. get her on that. But the bugs are back in town would be a superb one. What about if I take digestive enzymes and just eat? Well, I do that when I'm, now I'm going to cheat and that's adequate, may not be adequate. Uh, also, everybody's different, right? And I'm a big believer in the personalization of treatment. And as such, not everyone gets the same dietary recommendations. Ask them to be aware of an association between what they're eating and their symptoms, whatever symptoms, particularly if I believe the symptoms to be associated with inflammation. Uh, for example, all right, someone who has schizophrenia is about four times more likely to form antibodies to gluten. What? Oh, wow. Someone with bipolar disorder is four times more likely to form antibodies to cow, right? Even, right, your endophenotype in terms of diagnosis um, is going to maybe uh, deserve, generate a different set of treatment recommendations. Likewise, for some types of depression, I'll recommend you go and scrub the gym floor with a toothbrush. You got to get this out, man. You got to go dig ditches. You got to be physically active. For other types of depression, I will say, don't you dare do anything cardio, right? Don't you do aerobic. You go do Tai Chi, meditation, nature walks, right? So totally different even recommendations for, for exercise and certainly diet based on your what we call phenotype, the, you know, the constellation of symptoms you present. With. In addition to that, people, no matter what their type, phenotype, they should be taking some sort of uh, probiotic and I'm going to try the Omnibiotic Stress Release because I've read good things about it, and you've just said some nice things about it as well. Okay, Dr. Dave, first of all, you are just amazing. Like, I could keep you here forever. 
We've talked about so many different things. Is there anything that we didn't get to that you wanted to make sure? And you're definitely coming back. You, you know, when you were listing all those things that are, they're good stressors, right? You have a lot going on. You have to put Lisa Davis texting me every few days going, when are you coming back on that list? All right, that's fine. <laughs> I, you know, I can ignore your text. Just somebody else's. Okay, so don't even worry about that. <laughs> First of all, I've been in health media for 20 years and you really are just an absolute delight. You must be told this. You're just made for, well, number one, you're very handsome. So you're made for TV. Usually they say, you know, you have a face for radio. You're great on the radio, but you have a face for TV. <laughs> but Okay, come on. No one likes to kiss us, Lisa. Come on. All right, go ahead. What else? <laughs> That's from Shrek, by the way. Oh, really? I haven't seen that in so many years. Okay, so tell us, is there anything that we did not touch on today, but knowing you'll come back, but anything to wrap up? Um, Boy, there are always additional things. Thank you, first of all, for your kind words, and I I do appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Uh, Yeah, I I think that uh, spiritual matters, okay? Remember, psychiatry, psyche in the original tongue meant soul, not mind. And I don't want to fall into the same trap uh, where I become a member of the organ cartels. You know, you got a doctor for your right big toe, you got a different doctor for your left big toe, and you got a kidney doctor, and then you got, you know, a spleen doctor. No one's really minding the fort. No one's helping whatever it is behind, right, the symptoms. And all this is fun. And I think it does speak to um, ministering to a variety of one's needs, what often gets lost in the shuffle is the person, uh, the person behind everything, right? And, and I, I, I'm surprised at how much of my, the, the time I spend with my people after I give them the philosophical you know, orientation, the, the roadmap, so to speak, and then support slash nag them to, to you know, keep, keep committed to the process, which I firmly believe in would then be to make sure they are, it didn't have to be with me by any means, right? Make sure that, that they are um, increasingly aware, uh, you know, the awareness of that which is aware, right? So look at your own thinking, look at your own feeling. That's a spiritual endeavor. And I, I promote a lot of mindfulness and a lot of, uh, I, I don't know what to call it, but spiritual work. Not, not a religious guy, you know, I mean, I'm not against it. Um, it's not that so much as it's, you know, you are a person behind those symptoms and, and um, let's make sure we're not forgetting about that. You know, you strip us away from our roles, our duties, even our beliefs, our feelings, our thoughts, what's back behind there. You know, the old Zen masters used to say, where are you between two thoughts? What's back there behind your thoughts? And that's then an opportunity, right? Absolutely. All right. Dr. Dave, if people want to work with you, do they have to be in Sarasota, Florida? No. Um, depends on, on, on what they would want uh, to do with me, uh, essentially. Now, for this kind of uh, health stuff, you can be anywhere. I got people in Honduras, a lot of people in California, people in Arizona, really all over Canada. Um, I cannot prescribe medications for them. That's the and, and for for me to be play doctor, you know, and be your doctor, you would have to reside in Florida or Virginia, the two places I currently hold a license. Everything else, right? The diet, the sleep, the you know, right sizing of inflammation, the sealing and healing of a leaky gut, I do that um, by 
virtually, right? So a telehealth-ish thing or by phone. And just, you know, call the office. I don't even know my own office phone number. We got a new patient, <laughs> me. Well, you know, I'm always, always glad to help if I can. You know that. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily looking for new patients, but I'm always open to, uh, to help them where I can. And, you know, um, would be glad to, to talk to you if we need to, if you're interested. And likewise, for any, any of uh, your, your crowd that's listening in, um, that's not my purpose in doing this. It's really to ultimately help, help motivate you, guide you, equip you to take good care of yourselves out there, right? Great. Do you have a website? I do. I think the, the, the best website is probably healthremedies.com. You'll see a picture of me. I'll be wearing a different vest. I like my Very vest. nice. I think it's it's hot here in Florida. Yeah, I bet. Jacket. So the, the, it, it really dresses my Bermuda shorts up, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know I'm right. Yes, I do. Dr. Dave, I always love doing the show. But today, it's extra special. You're just fantastic. I'm excited for you to come back. I, I will. I'm delighted. This has been fun. You've made it so easy. Thank you so much for listening to Talk Healthy Today. I hope you got as much out of the show as I did. I feel so lucky to talk to so many incredible people to help you live your healthiest life. So please rate, review, and subscribe and never miss an episode of Talk Healthy Today.